bad and bullshit. Welcome to the Bad and Bitchy Podcast. I'm Erin, and I am coming to you live from Collision in Toronto, the first in-person conference that I've been to in, I mean, I guess the last one may have been 2019, but I don't really know. But we are stab smack in the middle of Collision, and I am joined today by the managing editor of the Vancouver Tech Journal, Kate Wilson. Hello there, world. (laughs) So, Kate, uh, this is your first collision as mine. So what are your general impressions so far? I think it's been a really fantastic conference. uh, They sold out 35,000 tickets. They've done a great job with the venue. All of the stages look fantastic. The way they've dressed the sets uh, is amazing. There's lots of different lounges that I'm really enjoying, especially as media, where you can go to all of them. Mm -hmm. Excellent free food. (laughs) (laughs) Which is honestly the bonus of being media. You know what? Access to all areas is probably the best thing. I I always say that media is a scam, you know? (laughs) You get to go to all these amazing places, meet these incredible people. Everyone rolls out the red carpet for you. Truly, get into media if you can get into media. So what were you really looking forward to and to checking out when you got here? You know, I think you have to go to conferences with a plan <laughs> because there's always so much going on. Uh, you can get sidetracked into a million different things. So I think for me, my plan was to come in, find out the Vancouver speakers, because obviously that's, that's who we serve. That's our audience. Uh, make sure we're there supporting them, find out all the amazing things that they're saying. And then a little window dressing of things that I am personally interested in and, and that I can learn as well. So I think day three is going to be a big one for me in terms of learnings. There's an amazing stage uh, that's running through a lot of things for media that we'll find interesting. Storytelling, VR storytelling, social, how are you going to use that with your audience? So uh, really nice to get a little balance there between the two. Yeah, and my particular interests were, of course, with the podcast, um, is women in tech and reducing barriers to entry into the tech industry. And I've actually been very impressed with the programming um, because it, it is Indigenous History Month and or Indigenous Heritage Month. And there are just so many Indigenous startups that have been showcased. You know, the first night, Monday evening, we had two Indigenous startups from Canada considered breakout startups. And, oh, maybe it was three. It was three. And... American reporters were just like, why don't we talk about indigenous tech? And I'm like, well, I I have many thoughts as to why. (laughs) Yeah, 100%. You know, I feel like the best speech that I've seen so far has been from, I I forget which nation he's from, but on the opening night, a chief did an incredible speech. He was so funny, absolutely brought the house down. I just think it's incredibly indicative of how much indigenous talent there is. So it's awesome that Collision is giving a platform to be able to have more voices involved in that conversation. Mm-hmm. And there was also an indigenous startup, a separate indigenous startup that you know just announced a partnership to feature um, some of the lands up in the Northwest Territories as like a VR package. And so you can kind of like see what it's like in the Northwest Territories and like get a sense of their traditional cultures and what it's like to be there. So I thought that was really cool. Yeah, you know, I would have loved to see that. There's actually a company in Victoria, I think, called Lamazoo. Uh, they've been working with chiefs in particular territories from First Nations uh, areas, and they do a digital twin in virtual reality of land, their land, so they can see it in a digital form and in a physical form, which is it's really cool that that oh. kind of technology exists, yeah. Huh. Yeah, I mean, I would love to go to the Northwest Territories, but it's just 
far and expensive and there are just a lot of barriers to going there. So yes. I think this is probably the next best thing. 100%. Also, I get very cold. Uh, so <laughs> yeah, maybe not the best area for I me. I mean, it's a good thing you live in Vancouver then. <laughs> oh, yeah. I need that happy medium. I'm in Toronto at the moment, 33 degrees. And uh, <laughs> I'm yeah. not doing so well in that either. <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm used to it. I'm like, ah, sweaty all the time. Perfect. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Um, and then, so what have been some of the standout panels or discussions that you've seen? I think for me, the thing I've been enjoying is that it's not just about tech. Uh, there was a fantastic one yesterday about um, raising diversity, not specifically in tech, but in general in how we build our societies in the future. And um, there was a set of amazing panelists who were talking about we shouldn't be investing money into building bridges between minorities and the society that we're in at the moment, because that's just encouraging people who have been marginalized to assimilate better into how we have our dominant culture at the moment. And instead, we should be investing money and really making a very deliberate positive impact into uh, diversity, equity, inclusion, so that we change the way that the culture exists at the moment, rather than trying to include people who are marginalized into that culture. And the way that they put it was just absolutely outstanding. So that's been a standout for me as well. I think the point was to bring in tech to an extent, but tech is adjacent to all of these things. Tech isn't just, here I am on my computer, beep, 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 I've made some software, this is tech. Tech is shaping the entire world that we are in at the moment. It's making societies. So unless we have these conversations and we expose these 35,000 people and beyond uh, to what's going on in those different idea points, we're not going to build software that's useful for everyone and is going to be inclusive. So I think it's really great that they're focusing on that too. I also saw another really interesting talk uh, about whether we should break up big tech. And it stuck with me. It really stuck with me because um, I'm not sure whether it was meant to be a debate, but it fully turned into a, a debate between uh, the moderator and the guy who was being interviewed. The guy who was being interviewed very strongly did not want to break up big tech. And uh, he had an interesting style to get his point home. I could, uh, yeah, he was very passionate about allowing startups as much freedom and uh, as little regulation as possible so as not to stifle innovation. Um, and um, yeah, very, very interesting talk for sure. Yeah, so I caught that same panel about, the, it was called Bringing an End to Discrimination. And it featured Rashad Robinson from Color of Change, Kelly Burton, who is the CEO of the Black Innovators Alliance, um, the uh, Dr. Sayabuela Mandela, who is the director for Africa at Journalists for Human Rights. And it was moderated by Vanessa DeLuca, the editor-in-chief of The Root. And yeah, it was just really interesting to hear what they had to say and like different perspectives on the same topic, which is obviously ending discrimination and creating equity, but, you know, a more activist role and someone who's kind of been in the trenches for a long time and has that maybe not, I don't want to say jaded perspective, but is a little bit more realistic about how change is achieved and yeah. what that looks like. And I, one of the biggest takeaways for me was Rashad Robinson said that when we look at the news, we look at statistics, we typically frame an issue let around, oh, black people are more li less likely to get a loan from the bank, for example. And that framing forces, well, that framing makes people think, well, then what's wrong with black people? Yeah. When in fact, nothing's wrong with them. The, the issue is the system. So instead, we should start, think about reframing those statistics as banks are 
30%, for example, less likely to give black people alone. And then you have to then challenge the system and think about, oh yeah, these structures are inherently oppressive and racist and how do we, what, why are we not asking and demanding more of these institutions? 100%, yeah, that was, that stayed with me as well. Because um, I've heard that before in the Me Too context where instead of talking about uh, sexual assault as a woman was raped, if you reframe it as a man raped a woman, that assigns blame to the man rather than blame to the woman. Mm -hmm. um, and I hadn't really thought about it in a, a different context outside of that, but of course it's relevant to all kinds of different contexts. So I'm really glad they brought that up because that just clicked a little thing in my brain too. Yeah, yeah. and then um, I, I attended um, a press conference with the CEO of the Black Innovators Alliance and uh, a U.S. state representative from, I believe, Puerto Rico, and they were talking about the, the partnership or how the Biden administration is really trying to fund black innovators through the Black Innovators Alliance. And um, I was actually quite annoyed that the first question posed was about January 6th. And, and it was like, well, you know, a lot of people were white, but not all of the people were white. Mm -hmm. And yeah. so how do you square that circle? And I was like, <laughs> so I think we're really getting at the key issue here. Which, yeah, which and they were like, well, I'm not sure how to take this back to innovation. Uh, yeah, <laughs> but I mean, it just kind of goes to like something that we talk a lot on the uh, talk about a lot on the podcast, which is just like not understanding power structures, and that for the people, who, the non-white people who participated in the insurrection, just like benefit so much from their proximity to whiteness. Um, totally. Yeah. Um, did you, I heard that the, the truth and reconciliation session was like very excellent. Uh, and I am sad that I missed it, but I had other things, I, I think I had a meeting to attend, so I wasn't able to, but yeah, I heard there was a whole session on truth and reconciliation and, you know, indigenous founders and startups have just been kind of really centered here. And I think that, you know, tech does have a lot of barriers to entry and so highlighting one that you know indigenous people and black people have all of these startups and all of these opportunities but also like showing that they are they do have these skills is just very important and i think you know they they did the conference did give out um some like free passes to communities who are generally underserved and underrepresented in tech which i think also goes a long way because the cost of entry is a barrier to coming and pitching yourself to all of these companies and your skills. Like I just saw someone on my way in this morning with a t-shirt that says, oh, do you have a PhD? Come talk to me. And I was like, oh, that's a little exclusionary, <laughs> yeah. but uh, okay. Yeah. Cool. As someone who dropped out of a PhD, I can uh, confirm. <laughs> <laughs> we still have interesting things to say. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, and so what you know, obviously conferences are great for seeing all the talks, but the networking is also good. And you and Vancouver Tech Journal were a sponsor slash partner in an event for promoting the Vancouver Tech scene in partnership with the Frontier Collective. And so how was that event in terms of like meeting people and figuring out like who does what and what kind of opportunities there are? or for whether it's business or um, featuring uh, new people or promoting Vancouver and the industry there to, you know, 
underserved or um, diverse populations. Yeah, you know what? That was an incredible event. Uh, I'm not even biased when I say that. I'd say that was fully one of the best events I've been to at Collision, and a lot of people have agreed as well. Uh, it's amazing to take over the distillery, distillery district for that, that night summit that they put on, and amazing to get everyone together too. Um, I, I also met a lot of really interesting people. I mm-hmm. met a really great guy called Neil who comes from the um, New York uh, Commissioner's office Uh, no uh trade association i believe yeah super interesting to talk with him about how vancouver can raise its profile how can there can be international links like why is vancouver ecosystem underserved why is there not enough vc coming in why is it not top of mind Mm -hmm. for people to fund and think about when they're contemplating where they're going to put their capital really interesting talk Uh, i met a lot of people from our ecosystem who are actually i haven't met before you know in my mind i was thinking uh, this is going to be all of our Vancouver people just transplanted and having an awesome party in Toronto, and I'm going to know so many people, and, and you know it's going to be really fun. But uh, it's going to be like a, a kind of West Coast comes to East Coast, lives their best life to party. Uh, and I met so many people that I didn't know before, not just from the Vancouver ecosystem, but people who come out from Toronto and from Collision internationally to meet those Vancouver people mm-hmm. and to hear their stories, find out about the amazing things they're doing. So hats off to the Frontier Collective because. They made all of that happen. There was no Vancouver delegation in the last in-person collision that we had. Uh, there's no uh, no push from the BC government to try and build that. Uh, there was more representation, I think, from like Manitoba than there was from BC, which is, you know, there's a bigger BT- BC tech scene. So mm-hmm. you'd, you'd expect there to be more representation there. Uh, so they've done a really fantastic job bringing all of those people together to try and reinforce Vancouver's tech scene there. Yeah, I, I, I thought it was, you know, what, I think what shocks me about Collision is that it's, I think pe- going into it, I thought it was just going to be a bunch of white people. Mm-hmm. It is extremely diverse. Yeah. And the Frontier Collective event was an actual microcosm of that. And, you know, I was recently just back in Vancouver and it was nice to be reminded that there are d- more diversities outside of <laughs> <Yes>. Ottawa. <laughs> yes. Um, but yeah, just like seeing all of these like founders who were, I talked to a guy who was Pakistani and he was like, oh, I immigrated over here. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, I talked to a woman who is, has a black VC fund and they're funding black innovators. And so it was just really interesting to see that there are, despite, you know, the U.S. having just the volume of population, that Canada does also have that ecosystem on a much smaller scale, but like I think that this has provided massive benefits to showcasing that those communities do exist and in Canada in tech. Yeah, I was I've been super impressed as well by the amount of diversity we have here. I think John Tory, the mayor of uh, Toronto, did a speech on the first night where he talked about I don't want to miss I don't want to misquote him, but I think it was either thirty percent or sixty percent of people are born outside of Toronto and then move here and are in the city. I think that's fantastic that it has such a vibrant ecosystem because it really brings so many different perspectives. I'm staying in little Portugal. Uh, it's about... I love that area. Yeah, it's very cool. It's, it's, a, it's a 35 minute walk away from Collision, but happy I'm up there. And it's just, it's interesting to see so many of these different diverse neighborhoods that exist in Toronto. Um, it's, it's different from Vancouver in a lot of ways in that sense because a lot of it's tied to cultural identity. And I think... Mm-hmm. Maybe that's less so in Vancouver. There's definitely areas there that are more dominated by different groups, but um, I think there's a real, more of a mosaic model here in Toronto. So it's interesting to see that and maybe something we can take back to Vancouver too. Yeah, I think, I, 
I, I think that Vancouver used to have that kind of despair or like different communities, but because of the, the way the city is situated, it's particularly downtown, you, it just gentrifies and kind of like pushes all those diverse communities out. Unfortunately, yeah. like I think that there are def- definitely better, more inclusive ways to develop. And I think Chinatown in Vancouver is a great example of this. But yeah, you don't want to displace those communities, but also you have to recognize that because Vancouver proper is so limited in space that you have to develop somewhere and it's it's a very complicated issue that I'm glad I don't have to deal with. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad I'm not in politics. <laughs> and so, you know, you've been managing editor of the of VTJ for what barely two months now. Yeah, just about two months. And yeah. so what are you looking to where are you looking to take it during your tenure? Uh, bigger, <laughs> I think is the goal. You know, and it's uh, what I have on my plate this week is to look at where we're doing things really well to serve our community and where we can improve, uh, and whether that's beefing up our written content that we have, or whether that's increasing our event capacity and doing more events, more panel moderations. Uh, that's something I need to sit down at and look at our attendance for things. I need to look at our readership. Uh, I need to look at which articles are really resonating with our community to make sure that we're able to provide the coverage that people are looking for. With the caveat that often the, the non-sexy industries are also important to write about. So don't, don't worry, we're not just going to be writing about the metaverse. Um, <laughs> you know, it's important to do, you know, the, the credit partnerships and the funding and deals for smaller acquisitions for things that aren't the big flashy companies. Um, so that's 1000% on my to-do list. Because uh, I came to the realization, I think after about a month of working there, that we're not just a media outlet we're not just producing stories for people we're a community outlet and mm-hmm. our product is actually community it's not necessarily news uh, even though news is a you know an important vehicle for that so i think the work that i have to do this week and beyond is working out how do we build those communities in person how do we build them online too so everyone can be involved and uh, how can we build that and coalesce that around great news that we can put out yeah and you know i think that you benefit very deeply from Vancouver just being very diverse so like your content is always just going to be serving those communities and you know as someone who one writes for you but also is interested in those communities it makes my job pitching stories (laughs) harder because I'm just like oh well we've kind of done this (laughs) yeah not that there isn't like other things obviously but like trying to find those gaps is just like a lot more difficult than I personally would like. I think that's that's a cool part of our, I guess it's not a mandate, but just our culture. I think it's important that, you know, we're not a group of old white men writing about tech. Mm -hmm. Uh, We're a pretty diverse group as writers. So I think with that comes alternative perspectives. And I think we're all very open to making sure that all of those perspectives are represented. Um, So even if it's something that's small, I remember I wrote about an indigenous scholarship fund for gaming um, that have been put together by some amazing big gaming studios, that's not going to get too many hits because mm-hmm. there's not a huge amount of people who are going to be necessarily the target audience for what that scholarship is. But it's really important to put that out there because if people don't know that it, it exists, then we're not going to help to raise up other communities. Yeah, exactly. Especially because Vancouver does have the largest um, urban indigenous population in Canada. Mm-hmm. So, you know, if it's more... You don't want things to be if you know you know. You want people to just 
no. Yeah, you should put everything in the mainstream. It doesn't. I saw a lot of posts about it on indigenous-specific news sites, but it needs to be out there beyond just a, a, a group writing about a group. Everyone needs to know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. All right, Kate, any last words about Collision? What you're looking for maybe in the last day and a half? You know, I haven't checked out the Women in Tech Lounge yet, which I'm quite excited to do. Uh, Alain Paris of Talkshop actually just tweeted today saying that... Um, the Women in Tech Lounge feels like the club bathroom in the absolute best possible way. <laughs> Which, you know, we've all been there. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, we've all been there. And, you know, it's, it's 1 a.m., you're hanging out by the sinks. You know. Oh, my God! Yeah. <laughs> you need to give your feet a break. You're just chatting about your woman things. So I am excited to go and feel that vibe for sure. Amazing. How about you? Um, yeah, I haven't checked out the Women in Tech Lounge. I... Oh, there's a woman in a very green suit just walked by. <laughs> Frightened me. Uh, I was like, who is that? No one. Um, yeah, I want to check out the Women in Tech Lounge. And I really want to go and I haven't had a chance to really walk the floor yet really much. So I want to go see what's on offer, check out some of the startups and yeah, see what uh, what's going on in places not Vancouver. <laughs> <laughs> yes, 100%. <laughs> All right, Kate, thank you so much for participating and chatting with me, and I will see you later. Oh, welcome. Thanks so much, Aaron. Bye. (laughs) 